Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Alicia, have you ever thought about how different it is being a parent compared to how we were raised? I was just on a plane ride for four hours with my kids. Oh, iPads in front of them the entire time that everyone said, they're such angels. Yeah, they have an iPad in front of them. Oh my God. <laughs> we would have never had an iPad. It would have been sit down, shut up, or you're not going, or I'll stuff you in the luggage or whatever. Right. whatever. I'll beat you when I'm done or when you're, when you're off I the had, airplane. I had such an idyllic childhood. I want to create that for my kids as much as possible. But it is such a different world between helicopter parenting, yeah. which I am not, but a lot of my friends are, and the technology and social media and all these things that we're navigating. It's a completely different world. Let's talk about that helicopter parenting thing, because I feel like we do a lot of talking about being about people being helicopter parents. And then I don't know that we're evaluating whether or not we really are. And I think somebody has to be because everybody's saying that they're not a helicopter parent. But somebody is. That <laughs> I mean, is clearly really they true. are. <laughs> so again, just on this trip, we were down in Dallas watching the national championship football game, the Bobcats. And uh, my kids got these, this giant ball that they won. They just wanted to play with it in the hallway. And my husband's like, no, we can't let them play with it in the hallway. And I remember running crazy around the hotels, mm-hmm. up and down. If we got lost on level five, we'd figure out to get back to yeah, level six. It was fun six. riding the elevators. Yes. <laughs> and my husband wouldn't let them just run around the, no. the hotel unsupervised. You get abducted. And I'm like, me, exactly. <laughs> Although abductions are very, very rare for somebody they don't know. And that's something I always have to tell my friends. Yeah. But we have all these stats and all these things that happen that we're constantly worrying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, way we were raised, I mean, it was literally like in the morning you were kicked out of the house and it was don't come back until dark. Like we were just chucked out there with our bicycles. We were everywhere. We were in everybody's backyard or in their houses or, you know, we just ran around like a bunch of heathens and that's just not happening nowadays. No. And you create your own little like democracy within your neighborhood group of who's allowed (laughs) to do what. Lord of the Flies. It totally. Oh my God, you're dirty and starving. But think about Somebody's mom feeds you. Right. Oh yeah, you just go into different people's houses. (laughs) You get fed. Yep. (laughs) But what that taught us was so much about how to get along, how to negotiate. Yeah. How to, yeah, create and be imaginative. How to find your way home. Yes, and get lost. Yeah. There's this great podcast I was listening to about this, and it was talking about how we do need to let our kids play with power tools. We need yeah. to let our kids get lost and yeah. find their way home, and all within a certain boundary and like some supervision, but we need to allow them to make more mistakes. Absolutely. I agree. I think of like even just knives and like, yes. <laughs> this sounds so silly, things to bring up, but that's just what came to my mind. But like not allowing your children to ever touch a knife. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So if so they- when they're 18, they, they'll yeah, learn they, how to cut stuff. <laughs> they, they, they pick up a knife and then they, they actually do cut themselves. I mean, I think it's just important to allow our kids to fail, allow them to feel the feeling of failure and all the emotions that come along with failing. We cannot protect them from that. And I think in this time of participation trophies and awards just for showing up, I know total eye roll, but it's happening right now and we've seen it. 
We've seen, I actually went to a horse show and literally everybody that showed up got a blue ribbon for like participating. And I'm like, okay, we're adults. This is stupid. (laughs) This is stupid. Yes. Because even as like the the horse show boat board had to budget for all of those ribbons so that we can get participation awards to all the adults that showed up to the horse show. I'm like, these cost money. Like if we're going to continue, we just can't. We cannot continue to live in a time and, and shelter our children from winning and losing. There's a winner and then there's everybody else. And, and that's okay. It has to be okay. We have to be okay with it. Otherwise, they will never learn to compete. They'll never learn to put in hard work. Like if you don't put in the hard work, you're not going to win. They need to know that. And we have a lot of failures in business. We're constantly little failures. But because of all the failures I was allowed to have as a kid and I was never judged on them and it was just part of my life, I can just roll through my failures now and keep getting better and keep pushing myself to want to be better. Right. I mean, you hate failing. Oh, of course. And you're like, freaking next time I'm going to win. Yes, Next time I'm going to win. And you know, you're going to have to work harder in order to make that win happen. And that's going to be super, super important. So, I mean, I just think that that's the part that our kids are just not getting. I actually heard a couple counties in California that they're taking away D's and F's in in the schools. So the kids can't get a D or F. So even if they don't do anything, they they can't fail. They get an incomplete and they, so they never get an F. So they never feel the feeling of failure. I'm like, also kids are smart. So (laughs) if they get an incomplete, they know that's an F. I coached uh, soccer and I coached like a B team, but they were called Premier and Select. And I can't even remember what the B team was. I think it was a select team, but they were smart. They knew that they were on the B team. They're not, they weren't stupid. And I think just, yeah, say, yeah, you're on the B team. So what? You have something mm-hmm. to rise for and you're still playing and you still got to do these things and be a part of a team. Yeah. Well, and it's still a great team and you could still win when you're all running around, you know, playing right. in the B leagues. Right. And that's great. You know, you're like the queen of the B leagues. Yes. And why I, not be a big fish in a small <laughs> pond sometimes? Absolutely. I always think of like, you know, because I do a three day eventing and the jumps get higher as the, as you know, the levels, of course. And there's a maxed out level that my 37 year old ass is going to go. I'm not going to jump the super big stuff. I'm right. a mom. You're, you're I can't like it go. broken, broken pieces. So I'm like super fine being the queen of the beginner novice. I'm totally cool with that. I'm still working on being queen of beginner novice, but that's cool. But I don't know. There just seems like there's just so much not allowing kids to win. We recently had um, a football team that kicked the crap out of another football team again in California. And the people are are running them down and, and insulting the coach because they he let the, the team beat the other team so badly. That's okay. Like, so being what? an athlete and being a coach for a long time, that's called momentum. Yeah. So what you don't want, you don't want to let down the momentum. So I get where the coach is coming from because yeah. if you start to play slower, maybe what he could do is get more of his second string in there, but he yeah. probably did that. He probably got the second string in there and they still dominated. They still them. did well. And I mean, what a great lesson to teach the kids that didn't win, to teach them about humility, about like, hey, you guys, obviously the other team put in the work and did the things that they needed to do in order to win. And you guys didn't. What I will say, though, I think what we're really talking about is a lot of entitlement Mm -hmm. within the parents. But what I saw coaching, I didn't see as much of that here that I did in Portland and other areas Sure, where... A lot of the parents here have played a high, high level sport, whether it was climbing or professional skiing or professional soccer or whatever it was, that they really saw that this was just a thing for their kids to play, where they were just getting better from being out there, being better, becoming better human beings. So all the stuff we're kind of complaining about, 
I don't see it as much in Bozeman. I still, I don't see people letting their kids play Xbox all day long. We don't have sodas at birthday parties. There's juice boxes, which still tons of sugar, but they're not getting that caffeine and so forth, where I feel like there is a better quality of life in Bozeman. You know, I mean, it still changed a lot, but yeah, I mean, I think it's still changed a lot. You know, I think unfortunately a lot of our kids just have an expectation that just because they are our kids, that they are entitled to success and things and the new shoes and the brand new clothes and that they sure as hell aren't going to drive like an old beater car when they get to drive. Well, and it's just a click and a college away. education and all these things. Like I didn't expect anything. Like I didn't get anything. <laughs> I didn't get anything. It was like, you know, here's your secondhand clothes. And, you know, if you want a cell phone, you have to pay for it yourself. If you want to drive a vehicle, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay for that yourself, your insurance, all my, the things. My dad did buy me a car. Mm-hmm. My first car was, I don't even know what year it was, but a Ford Tempo cost 450 bucks. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> he did pay for it, but I had to pay for gas and insurance and all that. Yeah. And which was expensive when was, we started driving. Yes. Super expensive. And it it's would, really bad now. It would stall in the middle of intersections. I'd just be driving <laughs> and it would just stall. And our, it would always start so right back cool. up. <laughs> but I love that that was my first car. Yeah. And, and I was so proud of it. I could yeah. have my own car. And uh-huh. he didn't buy me, like at the time would have been like a $3,000 car, $5,000 car, which would have been expensive. Well, she bought me a $450 car. We see people like buying their kids brand new cars. Oh my gosh. If you drive past the Bozeman High parking lot, it is crazy. <laughs> it's fancier than our parking lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I have a question for you. You're just a little bit farther along in the parenting game. How are you managing social media? And that is not something we had to deal with growing up. Oh, well, we just don't. Okay. We don't do it. I probably am a little different in how I parent. Um, My son is homeschooled now. I pulled him out of the public school because a lot of the things going on in the public schools, I didn't agree with. I didn't feel like I had control over his education and his exposure to a lot of things. There's a lot of things going on in our world. And I think kids attach themselves to whatever feels like what pop culture is. And there's just a lot of crazy things going on, even in the smaller school districts and things that kids are getting exposed to. So really, you know, long story short on that, he's, he's under my thumb and I get to control everything he has access to. So he doesn't do social media of any kind. Not any What's kind. your game plan for? Like, when are you going to start? Because he's 12, correct? He's 13. 13. He's 13. Uh, my game plan is I'll let him get on social media when he moves out. <laughs> I mean... Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't think that there's any, there's no point. There's no point to it. I mean, we let kids come and go out of our, out of our place and he can, he can have kids come over and hang out and they can do things. And that's, that's great. And they go, they're outside. That's where they want to be. Right. They're outside. They're muddy. They're cold. I mean, they're like packing lunches and doing all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, we just don't do social media. We also don't do video games of any kind. I've never allowed video games of any kind in my house, even when he was little. And, you know, my in-laws and I is actually we went toe to toe about it because they really liked, you know, Nintendo and Mario Kart. And that was things that they liked to do. And they were they were going to buy him uh, some sort of game console. And I said, if you do, I will put it in the garbage. And that's I've just held the line on that. There's just it's just not allowed. He also doesn't have any iPad or anything. We don't do anything like that. Good. That's he has so to great. sit at the table and have a conversation oh, with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he does well with that. But I think that that starts from a really early age. I think it would be really hard to allow that kind of stuff and then try to shut it off after they've had it because it's an addiction. Uh, Completely. Even for us, if you think about just social media, if you're just in a funk, you start scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'll be at a conversation with four of my girlfriends. We're having a great time. You have that split second of boredom. You just jump on Instagram, see what's happening. And then you're no longer there. Right. Mm -hmm. And think about what that brings to your life other than a few referrals. (laughs) Instagram, yeah, Instagram brings 
really no benefit to my life. No, I really think it make me feel better. I feel like social media for me is to be used for business. Same. I probably like the biggest thing that you can fault me on for my social media is I put very little personal things on there. I think that that would probably be something that a marketing person would say you need to put more personal things so that you're more approachable. But I, it's not something I even think about when I'm out doing my personal stuff, pulling, like taking pictures. I would never take pictures of my family or anything and put it on social. Yeah, you it's never just, have. No, it's, it's, it's not, not my thing. Right. It's not my thing. My guys, my guys aren't interested in doing that. And that's, you know, when I'm on my weekends and stuff, I, I mean, I try not to shower, do my hair, makeup or anything. And I don't really want to put that on my social media, even though that's who I really am. Right, right. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I do business that way. So yeah. do you feel like you parent a lot different than your parents? Wow. I was raised that children were to be seen and not heard. And that was something that was, was said to me almost every day of my childhood. And I do not feel that way. I think children have an excellent perspective. I think that they need to learn to be able to converse with adults they need to be able to debate and negotiate, obviously, in a respectful way. That's important for me. But, you know, my son is incredibly witty and smart and he's funny, but he's respectful. And, and then there's, there's times that I, I say, you know, hey, you're really funny, but you're 13 and that's going too far. And so, you know, my, my childhood was very much that children were to be used to do chores and to cook and clean and to serve their parents. That is definitely how I treat my son. I mean, my son does a lot of, he does a lot of chores. I mean, he does, but you know, I pay him to do it. I do. I pay him, I, I pay him every, every week, a small amount of money that he's a, allowed to use for things that I approve. It's not, he can't just like blow money wherever he wants to. If there's something significant that he wants to purchase, then we talk about him using his money for that. He does a lot more than, than I think what the average kid does in the way of work, but he's not my slave and right. he's not my minion. I don't, you know, step on his head to, to get to my next level. And that's kind of how I was raised. And, and so I hope I'm doing things a little bit differently than that. I support him in what he's interested in doing, you know, right. as long as it's, you know, a smart thing to do. It's not, not unsafe or anything like and that, healthy, you know, right. healthy, good for him, all those things. But he doesn't run my life. Some parents allow their children to run their lives. Completely. And I see that all the time. I, you know, when, when you know, we were doing baseball, um, we were talking to Louise about kids doing baseball. When we started doing baseball and we got the, the schedule, I said to I'm told my son, I'm like, I can't accommodate this for you because I cannot live at the baseball fields. I just can't. Right. So if this is something that you're very, very interested in doing, we're going to have to figure out how you're going to get here and how you're going to get home. And you're going to have to do this on your own. I just, I just simply cannot, I cannot live and breathe for my child's sports. And I know that a lot of people don't agree with that, but that's, you know, I, I, I have a life to live too. <laughs> Right. And I would like to be home and spending time with my family and not living down the baseball fields. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I'm such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know other people are like, no, you oh my God, how, much, how do you not do that for your child? Uh, you do plenty for him. Yeah. And he's outside all the time and hearing mm -hmm. Zane talk about him and mm -hmm. what they do with hunting and fishing and really learning to live off the land is really, really special. Well, you know, he's out there fishing on his own. You know, he's fishing and he's building and he's doing things on his own. And I don't know, I hope that that's the part that I'm giving him. I hope I'm not shorting him in any way. Um, no, you're not. But I think the social media piece is super dangerous for Same. kids. 
It's, yeah. it's, it's obviously dangerous for everybody. I'm really worried about it for girls. Having yeah. two young girls, it makes me so nervous. Yeah. yeah. You have to monitor what's on their computer. Oh, yeah. You and and they don't to. have their own computer. Mm-hmm. We borrowed iPads for the plane ride. And, and yeah. that was the one time. Like you, or long road trips will do the same thing. Like yeah. you can do it, watch whatever you want. But also we have to download it. So it's only whatever I've downloaded that sure. they can watch. Right. For yeah. sure. I mean, I'm just always surprised though when you go out to dinner or something and somebody has yes. their small child at the table watching an iPad or watching mom's phone or something. I'm like, they can learn to sit. Yes. They can learn to sit and watch and talk and, you know, look around and do whatever it is that they do. They can learn how to do that. They don't have to stand in their chair. They don't have to run around the restaurant. They can just learn to sit. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And my girl sitting at the table is constantly fidgeting. And that's like we're working with them so much just to sit still, even though they'll be Mm -hmm. on their seat the whole time. They won't move because that's one of our things, too. They can't watch anything, even when we go out anywhere. But just getting them to sit still for two seconds, just yeah. watching them drives me crazy sometimes. Well, you, you're high energy. And right, so, and they you know, have high it's, energy. It's natural for them to do that. But I'm, I mean, even just seeing some of my family and, and their children, just they're standing, they're standing in their chairs. Yeah. At, yep. Even when they're eating. And I'm like, at, at home, they stand in their chairs. I said, you know that they're going to stand in the chairs in the restaurants right. too, because right. they do that at home. Oh, you know, it, it, well, it's okay. Nobody cares. People, people care. They don't go. I mean, I was just always thought when we had Rodin and he was younger, people, people don't go out to dinner to listen to my kids scream or misbehave. And, and so either he can sit here and behave or we're going to pack it up and go. That's yeah. just how it was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a hard yeah. ass. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you kind of t- touched on this a little bit? Do you feel like just as a whole, we're way more protective of our kids? Uh, yeah. I feel like it comes down to feelings too. We're so, so catering to whatever feeling they have. And I think it's great to let them feel that. Yeah. But that we have to protect their feelings so much. I think it's great to feel things. Yeah. They need to feel things. Yeah. And we can't protect them from feeling. And, you know, we can't protect their heart in whether or not they're going to be frustrated or, you know, whether or not somebody's going to be mean to them and how that's going to make them feel. We can't protect them from people being mean to them or them not making a team, or them, you know, not getting invited to the birthday party, or something like that. Like, we can't make it so they can't, like, you can't call up that mom and be like, you have to invite my daughter because she's crushed, or if she, she'll be crushed if she doesn't go to the birthday party. No, she needs to feel that. You can walk her through it. Yes. And 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 talk with her about it and be like, yeah, I've absolutely had that happen. But guess what? We're going to have more fun without, without going to that dramatic birthday party or whatever. Make it more fun. Yeah. And that sets them up for life again how to manage people, how to manage your emotions, how to manu- like manage just disappointments. They have to learn to roll with the punches. Yes, exactly. They have to. And, you know, and part of that too, when you start having those conversations with your kiddos about how things feel, is that you're opening the door to have those conversations when something goes bad, like something happens in school, and you've already established with them that you have the trust that they can talk with you about how they feel. And if you never let them feel anything, when they do feel something, they're not going to know that you're a safe place. Right. My, we went to a birthday party a couple of weeks ago and it was one of my friend's kids and my, my oldest, Charlotte, knew nobody there. And none of the kids would play with her and they were kind of being mean to her. So she went off and did her own thing. But in the car ride home, we started talking about it and she was bummed out. She's like, yeah. oh, that was, that was kind of sucks. No one would play with me. And I'm like, I totally get it. But at her school, she's definitely the queen bee Oh, yeah. rules, the playground. And so I'm like, this, remember how you felt. So if you see somebody else not getting play with, mm-hmm. maybe go up to them and ask them to play. 
Yeah. Because you don't want it, someone else to feel the way you felt. And it really did click with her to be like, yeah, we need to get everyone else involved as well. But I think it's also a really good lesson for her too, to know that you're not going to be the queen bee in every, every environment. Exactly. I loved and it so, actually. I thought it was so good yeah, for her. I mean, that's so good because like, right, because a lot of times as, especially as women, like we'll just continue to gravitate towards the circles where we feel good and then we'll never grow. Right. You know, so you have to feel comfortable moving yourself into circles where number one, people don't know you or, you know, you're kind of a small fish in a big pond or, you know, somebody's like in our industry, like, you know, you walk into a room with a whole bunch of producers that produce way more than you do. Every time I go to a coaching event, I'm like, I am such a small fish. But it helps you to grow. And so to be excited about being uncomfortable, you should tell her that. Just yes, like, exactly. Get excited about being uncomfortable. It's because you're going to meet, look at all these new people you're going to meet. Yeah, it happened to me all the time. I was pretty much the captain on every soccer team I was on. But when I got to be a guest player, I knew nobody and mm-hmm. it took, you know, a couple of games for them to feel comfortable moving the ball with me and so yeah. forth. But that was great for me to be like, oh, I, they don't know me. They don't know I'm funny. They don't know that I'm yeah. nice and all these things. It takes a while to prove it and then let yourself shine through in these awkward situations. Right. And you let yourself shine through humility. Yes. Like you go in and you're, you're humble and you're like, I'm here. I'm just here to play. Yep. Not here to rock anybody's boat. I'm just here to play. I want to hang out with you gals and, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. But every bit of credit that you get is because you genuinely earned it. Right, right. Not because somebody called up the team was like, so Alicia's coming into play. And so she's a top player and you should yeah, like, exactly. you should pass her the you ball You have to earn lot. it first. You know, like that's your mom calling the birthday party and making sure your daughter gets invited or, you Completely. know, whatever. <laughs> it's Completely. so lame. That's so lame. So, okay. So how do we navigate the world with constant connectivity though? Like our kids see us on our phones. That's I, the part that I'm like... I hate that so Me much too. because that is actually my business. And it looks right. the same as if I'm texting a client or if, if you're a on friend Facebook or I'm or... on Facebook to them, it looks the same. I'm on my phone and it's something I hate and I don't know how to get through it. I would like to do better at time blocking so that they don't see me on the phone. I'm like, okay, I'm putting my phone away now to play with you and say it out loud and make it more conscious. But it's, it's tough. My family is like, mom, yeah, you're on your phone again. And I'm like, I literally find myself showing them things. It's work. I know. It's work. I and they like, I feel like I need to show them to, to justify it. Like I would not be on my phone if it wasn't for work. Right. But sometimes like some of my work is Facebook I completely, and Instagram. And, like, and talking part about the of social my, media stuff, it really yeah, is part of our job. Part of my job is to comment on realtors post like that's part of my job it is you probably see when I post I post at like four in the morning (laughs) that's what I'm on I'm like okay doing my job but it is real and it's gonna make you get out there and people are gonna see you yeah and even if it's not that realtor it's gonna be another realtor that falls that follows them or one of their clients sees I'm positive Yeah. yeah sees I'm positive supporting and other people well so how about for these kids like Right now, it's such a weird time for kids. I mean, we're dealing with COVID restrictions and masking. I'm so scared for kids and they're, you know, and not being able to like... Read facial expressions. Read facial expressions and then separating them. They don't even have that ability to touch one another. And hug each other. To hug each other or to, you know, hold hands when or just we, sit close. Like yes. remember, remember like when we were little girls, like we sat really close to our girlfriends. Oh my gosh. And we were... My brother six years younger than me. And when my husband and I first started dating, he would see all four of his friends sitting on one lazy boy recliner. Yeah. And they were like 12 or 13 at the yeah. time. And then he slowly started, saw them stop doing that. But it makes me so sad that they're going to have to be conscious of that. Yeah. I remember when shutdown first happened, we were just going for a walk around our neighborhood and Charlotte saw one of her best friends, immediately ran up to her, gave her a big hug. And they both knew immediately that they did something wrong. Oh no. And they just stopped hugging and looked at each other like, oh no, we're going to get in trouble for hugging. Oh, and that's it, heartbreaking. It was, it killed me. 
that this is going to be her life. That's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. You know, there are a lot of people out there that, you know, have, like we've talked about this in the past, that there's a lot of depression and loneliness and having that personal touch and that personal connection with people, whether through, you know, through actual physical touch or from seeing their expressions. I mean, like I'm looking at your face right now and, you know, we're smiling and we're laughing and we can have a full conversation and what that looks like without being able to see nose down, you know. I don't know. I am worried about our kids. I mean, if that, if there was anything that was super different from our childhoods right now. Completely. Holy cow. So Charlotte, she's in second grade. She has not had one regular year of being no. in school, in public school. Not one year. Ugh. Because kindergarten shut down in March. Uh, last year we went to a private school, but still with masks. And this year uh-huh. with everything. It's just, yeah, it's makes me, and I'm afraid they're going to get shut down again. I think it's possible. With there's so many cases right now that I know yeah, it's really blowing I, up. Stay everywhere. positive. Stay positive. <laughs> I know. But you know, the thing about kids nowadays is I do think that that the positive part about it is, is that I do think that parents are paying attention. Yes. And I don't think that kids are like sometimes, you know, we, we know that kids were made to, to increase the workforce on a farm and it felt like kind of like less like you know, that you were valued and more like you were just another capable pair of hands. Right. Uh, so, you know, you know, we see a lot more people that are planning for parent, for parenthood and, you know, they're wanting to bring children into their lives and they're doing it at an older age. How old were you when you first girl was born? Almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of old. This is, yeah. old. this is an old lady. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> that's an old but lady. It was a conscious decision that we decided, okay, we're ready. We're financially we're ready. ready. We read all the books. We did all the classes and everything. And we, I think we are seeing that a lot, lot more yeah. where parents, they want to be parents. They're ready for it. And it's also acceptable to not be parents now, which yeah. I think when we were growing up, that was pretty bizarre. That was bizarre. So you were a lesbian. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or hermit or weird yeah, or whatever. Weird or spinster. So, or. so the people who are having kids want them. They're excited about it. Yeah. And they're doing the work. So I, I like that you put a positive spin on all the change that yeah. people are, the education and all the information out there, even though it could be too much, I think yeah. it can be a good thing too. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's the biggest difference between us and between how I was raised is that, you know, we're paying attention and we're actually excited about doing it. Right, right, and right. And not, it's, it's not just a burden on our lives. I think your yeah. parents are probably nicer than mine. My but. parents, I had the, like an idealic childhood. It could That's not have awesome. been better. All we did was sports. My parents pushed me. I had two brothers. They treated me the same. Oh, you're far, so lucky. Yeah, they really treated me the same as my brother's. With the expectations, boys were different, I guess. They could have girlfriends at any time. They wouldn't let me date. <laughs> but other than that, like they they expected the same stuff out of me. And if my brother literally jumped off a cliff, I literally had to too. We did a lot of yeah. cliff jumping back in the day. Oh, sure. Uh, but they pushed us a lot. And yeah, I couldn't have had a better childhood. So my yeah. goal was to do as good as my parents did. Does your husband have a good upbringing? Yes. He has two amazing parents. He's the youngest of four boys. They grew up on a bunch of land and were outside all the time. She was a kindergarten teacher. He's a oh, scientist. Wow. So they're very, very intellectual and Smart also very competitive. And then good parents. Great parents. Yeah, we That's both awesome. got crazy lucky. That's awesome. Well, yeah. that doesn't happen. Usually it seems like to me, at least in my observation, I'm yes. not scientific. Anything that seemed like, you know, in every couple, there's one that had great parents or a great family and the other one that doesn't have I would say that's family. very true. Very you know? true. So um, that's pretty awesome that, yeah. that your kiddos have, have great grandparents on both yes. sides. Holy cow. I know. That's awesome. I always wanted to win the lottery. I guess I already did. You did. <laughs> and you know, I guess just in summation, I guess I just want to say that I know that every parent is trying to do their best with yes. the tools that they have. Yes. I don't think that there's a single parent out there that's like, I'm just going to be a horrible parent. And that's the way it's going to be. Right. I think all parents in every, since the beginning of time, have wanted to do the best by their children and have tried their best with the tools they've had. 
Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.